Oh my gosh, I am so excited about today and my guest today. I uh, met this man through a networking kind of business that that we're that we were both a part of and um, like a business group. And I started diving into a lot of the things that he was teaching and talking about. And I was blown away and it just hit my radar on every single level because Dr. Ben Galliard talks about functional medicine. And he talks about really figuring things out and fixing them at the root of the problem versus just putting a bandaid on it or getting an antibiotic for it or a prescription to just fix the problem. And so many of the topics that he talked about were things that I had experienced in my own life. And so Dr. Ben Galliard, I am so excited and so humbled and blown away to have you today with me. Welcome. Absolutely. So excited to, to get this get this information out there. And, and that's really, when I think about my life passion, it's, I want people to be able to empower themselves, to be able to get to that point of, you know what, there has to be a reason why I feel like I do. It's not a lack of a drug. It's not a lack of a surgery. You know, God gave us that ability to be vibrant. And, you know, even, even the name of our company, F8, you know, I truly believe it's our fate to be healthy. And, and then that's the way we were designed. And yet so many things, you know, when you, when you look at just being a woman, you know, as a guy, I don't have to do all the makeup and all these things, but just as the typical female you know, is exposed to over 160 chemicals by the time they leave the bathroom every morning, you know, from hair stuff to makeup to lotions. And, and so you guys are inundated with this. No wonder women have an eight to one ratio of autoimmune, of thyroid, so many different conditions. Uh, I mean, yeah. you've already blown my socks off. Like I had no idea that I was exposed to that many chemicals in my own bathroom. I, I really tried to go extremely clean, but I know that there's probably areas that I could, that I could pursue even further. That blows me away. And I didn't know that statistics about eight to one. That's crazy. Okay. Before I want to, I want to give you a little bit of, of background on Dr. Ben Gallier really quick. So he's the founder and CEO of F8 or Fate Well Centers um, and the Gallier Method, which I can't wait to hear more about. Um, he's a leading expert and world recognized speaker in functional medicine, neurofeedback and brain regeneration. He believes it is your fate to be healthy. You just need to know the right tools. So by digging deep and finding the root causes of illness, he finds solutions to chronic health issues that evade traditional practitioners. I mean, I'm telling you, he is a gold mine of information. So I was looking at your uh, at your your website for the for the F8 or Fate Well Center. So what do you prefer it to be called? Uh, we call it F8. F8. Okay, kinda, I kinda love it. Nice, nice yes. ring to it. So tell me about how that got started and how you how you kind of because now you have multiple locations, right? Absolutely. So you know, let, let's go back to even before school, before getting into practice, all those things. And when, when I was when I was back in high school, my mom, she was a school teacher, got teacher of the year, just amazing, amazing lady. And she actually collapsed 
during one of my football games. And and everybody was like, oh my gosh, did you see your mom? I'm like, no, I was, I was playing. I didn't see what happened. And so uh, over the next few months, they went to all these neurologists, all these different people, and they found out she had MS or multiple sclerosis. At the time, I had no idea what that even was or what that meant, but they basically said, well, she's going to not be able to walk someday and it'll probably kill her. I'm like, well, that's not very, very uplifting. And so they said, okay, go on these drugs and, you know, maybe do some physical therapy and hopefully you just won't have, have a lot of as much damage and it'll slow it down. And, and my mom, she's like hardcore, uh, you know, she did every, every diet in the book. She, she, uh, way, way back when she was pregnant, she did everything. She ate, uh, liver every week to, to help my brother and I, you know, all these things. So she was like, no, this isn't going to be how it's going to go. Yeah. So, uh, fortunately my dad, he retired, he moved down to this, uh, and her, my, uh, him and my mom moved down to this small town in the Ozarks in Missouri. And there was like 10,000 people in this town. And there was a doctor practicing functional medicine basically before they called it functional medicine, but it is root cause healing. And he started just going through layer by layer. There was a big emotional component to it. She was the, the oldest of six sisters and, and it, kind of fell on her shoulders. They called her uh, the little Hitler her sisters did because she was the, the drill sergeant and, and all it. these things. And it, went, it went all the way through and there was that emotional component. She worked on her blood sugar. She worked on her gut, all these different things to the point that uh, she got off all the drugs, got off all the MS drugs, uh, gave away her wheelchair. She gave away her cane and her last MRI, which is almost 20 years ago, the neurologist said, well, there's no more placking on your MRI, which is the telltale sign of MS. There's no more placking. So you don't have MS anymore. And if you were on one of the drugs, we'd say the drug cured it, but you're not. So I don't know what to tell you. Good luck. And, and that was it. That was the last time she ever saw the neurologist. Next month, she's turning 80 years old. She does granny boot camp. I'm sending my 13 year old for spring break down to fish with her and my dad for a week and a half. And I mean, she's, she's amazing. She, she rocks every day and, and does not have MS anymore. And so, I mean, that's kind of miracle in and of itself, but that really got me thinking if somebody can heal from MS, what else can we heal from? What else can we truly get our life back from? And, and that's what's driven me down this path. And so I've been, I've been in this field of functional medicine for over 20 years. Again, even before they called it functional medicine, I was going to Dr. Jeffrey Bland seminars. Who, he's the, the godfather of, of functional medicine, coined the term. And, and just have been fortunate. Uh, you know, I, I truly believe God's put me in the right, right path at the right time with the right people. And, and I've been fortunate to do that. So uh, we've been able to expand. We've got multiple offices in Colorado and Tennessee, and then we work with patients all over the world to help them get their, get their life back and get their health back. Oh my gosh. That is so incredible because you actually have patients send, like you can work with them remotely, right? So, because like in Texas, I, I don't, there's not a, there's not one of your centers here, but I can still work with you remotely, right? Absolutely. So yeah. we, we have patients all, all over the country, even up into Canada. Um, and then, and what some people do, like I just had a family drive out from Oklahoma to, to Colorado this week. Um, and they, it was like negative eight when they were out here. So they're like, sorry, you picked the wrong, the wrong day to come. <laughs> and, uh, and so 
uh, we're going to do that initial visit in office and then everything else we will do will be remotely as well. So uh, it, it, for my Denver office, people from California fly in for Nashville, they drive in from Pennsylvania, um, Alabama, Arkansas, all over the place. And then and then some people are just like, you know what, that doesn't work in my world. And we can do everything uh, like this over Zoom and just uh, just get, get the baseline. We'll get blood work done remotely. Um, at a lab core, or if you don't have a lab core by you, we can actually drop ship blood work. So yeah, we can work with people all over. It's uh, it's pretty pretty amazing what we can do with technology now. Yeah, no kidding. I love that, and I just love that your your reach can go so far, and it's not just like what's in your backyard. Because sometimes I don't know who to go to. Like even in my town, I don't know anybody who who does what you do, and I you know, and so I just love it so much. So. I, you wrote a book on blood sugar and this just absolutely is like my kind of obsession right now. And it's because I've been doing a deep dive into blood sugar, insulin resistance, and the effects that that has on our bodies and men and women alike. And I'm, you know, children and everything. So I tell me about the the book that you wrote. And then I have so many questions about, about blood sugar and all every every yeah. detail about that yeah you, you you got all day so i, I did a, I recorded a blood sugar master class this past year and it's actually five hours of just me talking non-stop so uh, I'll, I'll get you over a copy of that one when we're done i love <laughs> it yes instead of netflix you'll binge on, on blood sugar oh i will uh, i will geek out on uh, that that totally hits so, my radar you know, blood sugar um how how i got down this path of man the importance of blood sugar uh, I've always known that, um, and let's take autoimmune for, for instance, my, my wife's healed from autoimmune, my mom's healed from autoimmune. I've had a lot personally in my, in my life with autoimmune. And, and we know that every time the blood sugar spikes up, every time the blood sugar crashes down, physiologically, it's going to drive more autoimmune reaction in the body and you're going to destroy more tissues. So if you have Hashimoto's, you're going to destroy more thyroid. If you have MS like my mom, you're going to destroy more nerves. So I, I've known for years, we've got to get blood sugar stabilized. So what would we do? We'd say glycemic index, which is basically how, how quickly something is going to turn into sugar, but that's not really as individualized as they, as they make it out to be. We're like, Hey, go on a, a, Mediterranean diet on a paleo diet on these different things, but we're still guessing. And so a bunch of years ago, I was at a seminar with Dr. Joe Mercola. He's, uh, he used to have one of the, the biggest health websites out there until Google uh, redid stuff and kind of squashed his, his website. Um, but it, we, it was a cancer website and he pulled up his shirt and showed a continuous glucose monitor. And I was like, hey, I got this, uh, and it's like $4,000 a month, and yet the information I'm getting from it is amazing because cancer actually feeds on sugar. I have so heard this. Yes. Yeah. If somebody is dealing with cancer or cancer prevention, you, you sure as heck better get your blood sugar as stabilized as possible. So Dr. Mercola pulled that up, and I'm like, that's pretty cool. Well, my patients can't afford $4,000 a month, but we can do a $40 finger prick. So we started finger prick glucose monitoring six to eight times a day. It was a pain in the finger. Yeah. And, <laughs> and yet people did it. 
and, and we, we were able to reverse diabetes and stabilize blood sugar and do all these amazing things. And then a couple years ago, uh, right after, after COVID hit, we got introduced to a company that uh, we're able to use continuous glucose monitors with, which is a Dexcom G6. It's a little patch that goes on your arm or on your abdomen. And it's amazing to see what, uh, what happens in real time 24 seven. So you're not just randomly poking your finger and hoping that you're hitting a high or a low, you're able to see it all day long. So this is kind of how we got to this point of every one of our new patients gets a continuous glucose monitor and we're able to see exactly what that blood sugar does day and night. And, and it's pretty amazing because so many people, it, it's kind of frustrating at first because they're like, Oh my gosh, I'm going from like 70 to 190 and I'm all over the place. And will it, will it fix? We've got a, a Facebook support group for all of our patients. And it's funny that some of them get on there and you can tell the new ones because they're like, I saw that too. And then there's ones that have been in like three, four, five months in the program. And they're like, ah, it's okay. You'll just be patient. You'll get it figured out and, and you can stabilize it. But the continuous glucose monitor has really been a revolutionary uh, part of our practice. I have a question. What is the, what's the connection between blood sugar and autoimmune that you were just talking about, like Hashimoto's yeah, or like absolutely. all the different, what's that connection? Yeah. So every time the blood sugar spikes up, there's something called insulin. It's a hormone uh, secreted from the pancreas. It grabs glucose and then goes over to the cells and it goes into this receptor. And that's what you were talking about earlier. Insulin resistance uh, is when that receptor doesn't respond to insulin. And so then that glucose goes up, but uh, the, normally if everything's working well, insulin goes into that receptor, opens up the cell, glucose goes in the cell and we utilize it and make energy. But what happens when that blood sugar goes up quickly is the body says, oh boy, we've got to get that blood sugar down. And then says, well, how low? I don't care. Just get it low. So it shoots out a bunch of insulin. And so insulin is great, but insulin in excess is very inflammatory. And that will actually drive more autoimmune, more immune inflammatory cascade in the body. So every time it spikes up, insulin drives autoimmune. Every time it crashes down. So let's say then it's even the rebound. So you kick out tons of insulin, you overshoot pull it down too much. And then now you're down in the sixties and seventies and you're feeling hangry. You ever, uh, ever go there? It, it, ask my husband about hangry. Yep. I have experienced that. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a little Snickers bar here, honey. Take this. <laughs> uh, get the blood sugar up. And so uh, that blood sugar crashes down. Now, physiologically, what happens is the body's like, Oh no, <laughs> our brain needs sugar. So what do we need to do? Well, adrenal glands that are our stress glands, they're triggered to tell the liver, which stores glucose to kick out that sugar into the bloodstream. So now we've got this adrenaline cortisol going through our body, and that's going to drive that, that immune inflammatory cascade. But that's not all. What else does a whole bunch of adrenaline feel like? Uh, I mean, heart, yeah, heart my racing. heart races, I'm sweaty. I, yeah. I have anxiety. Like it gives me yep. anxiety, kind of like an unsettled feeling. It's not a great feeling unless it's adrenaline, like specifically for a task or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're going to run from a mountain lion. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. At that, that point, I would that love adrenaline. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't happen in your life very often. Just not daily. So, so no. Just, so many women say, Oh my gosh, I've got this random anxiety. Yes, and that it I do. Out of the blue. 
Yes. So here's why. It's that blood sugar going down. And so then you get this rush and it's not like, oh my gosh, you just almost swerved into a car or whatever, but you're just like, this is weird. Why am I feeling this heart rate? It can happen in the middle of the night. So think about this, in the middle of the night, your blood sugar goes down because uh, you didn't stabilize your blood sugar throughout the day. And then your adrenals kick in and two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, you wake up and your mind's racing. You're like, oh, I got a lot on my mind. I'm like, well, who doesn't, right? Hmm. You know, I've got, I've got four boys at home, my wife, I've got, you know, 38 team members now all over the world. We've got multiple offices, all, all these things. And yet I wake up, go to the bathroom and go back to sleep. And so it, it's not just, oh, I got a lot of my mind. So your mind's racing. Some people wake up, their heart's racing. And then another one, I've had women lay out towels in their bed before they go, go to sleep hmm. because they know they're going to wake up in a puddle. And they're like, I wonder if it's menopause. And you're like, no, you're 38. It's not menopause. Ben, like I am so shocked because I feel like you're literally describing my life. Like I, I don't, I don't actually have those night sweats anymore, but literally in my late twenties and early thirties, I would have to do that exact same same thing. And I would have to lay out a towel or wake up in the middle of the night and be so soaking wet that I would have to change clothes and put a towel down because my my sheets were wet. I mean, it was, and it was like the weirdest thing and I couldn't ever understand it. Oh my word. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and a lot of women just talking, Oh, it must be my hormones. Well, it's hormones, but it's adrenal hormones, not female hormones. Wow. So for that blood sugar, whether it's in the middle of the day, middle of the night, whatever, that's the whole point of using that continuous glucose monitor. So then you can see, then we track and say, okay, is that blood sugar going up too high? Um, And then it's crashing down, or is it just that it's going like this and then it's not able to hold it because you're not getting enough fat and not enough protein. Those are some things that you can do right off the bat. And the problem with finger prick monitoring is you've got to hit it at the right time, which Mm. you can, but it just takes a lot more pokes throughout the day. Uh, But, you know, and and that's in my book, Blood Sugar Doesn't Lie. I I describe a lot of this on how to uh, how to monitor that and everything, especially with the finger prick. But uh, we've we've got the continuous glucose monitor, which is just an amazing tool. So uh, both of those, every time that blood sugar spikes up too high, every time that blood sugar crashes down too low, you rev up the immune system and you destroy more tissue. So if any of you guys out there are dealing with an autoimmune condition and your blood sugar is not stabilized, you're creating more damage in your whatever tissue it is. Because think about this, autoimmune, uh, I just uh, recently did an autoimmune masterclass on uh, on social media and we were talking in depth into each and every system that we look at that can drive this autoimmune reaction. It doesn't matter what, what you put in there, whether it's MS, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, Sjogren's, mixed connective tissue disorder, alopecia, where you're losing your hair, uh, vitiligo, where you're losing your, your uh, pigment in your skin, 190 named autoimmune conditions. When you lump them all together, it's the third leading cause of death in the United States. You're kidding. Okay, but aren't aren't we old enough to remember that when we were kids, even the term autoimmune disorders was like, you didn't, we didn't hear that. We didn't like, when I was a kid, I didn't know a single person with an autoimmune disorder. Now I would be hard pressed to name five friends who didn't struggle with at least one. That is absolutely. And so is this a is this a correlation between 
all of the sugar that is in our food, like, because, and is that, is that affecting the spike in our blood sugar and all that? Because I feel like every food out there is just injected with sugar. Yeah. Yeah. So here, here's the deal with autoimmune. Very rarely is it a one, one thing that did it. It's mm -hmm. almost always multiple multiple issues. And I bet if you went and talked to a group of 10 of your friends and said, Hey, how many of you just never felt good after your second or third or fourth kid? Mm -hmm. And a few of them would raise their hand and go, yeah, I, I have not been right since. And my thyroid's been off and whatever else is going on. And estrogenic events can stimulate autoimmune going through puberty, uh, going on birth control pill, having a baby, going through menopause, all these things. So sometimes that can be a a stimulus for it, but the body was already set up for it. It was already inflamed. The blood sugar was already off. The adrenals, we talk about adrenals and that chronic stress, being a mom, you know, working, raising kids, whatever it is, big part of it. Environmental toxins. So again, 160 chemicals by the time you leave the bathroom. Mm. I had one patient, uh, she was in her early 20s and she worked in this windmill factory. You guys have a bunch of those big windmills out in, out in West Texas there. Yeah. And th think about the paint that they put on those. That's not just like, you know, some paint you painted your, your kid's room with. Right. It's pretty gnarly. It's got to withstand some really horrific weather. And she worked in the paint department there. And she actually got autoimmune liver disease, autoimmune hepatitis, where her body was attacking her own liver at like 23. No way. She was on the liver transplant list. And she came in, we healed it all up. She quit doing that job, helped uh, detox her body, do all these things. And you know, her liver enzymes went back to normal. Everything went, went good. And finally her last visit with her, with her, her doc was like, uh, I guess we should take you off that liver transplant list. You probably want to keep, keep your own now, don't you? And wow. she was able to heal from that, but it was those intense chemicals that just drove her body to attack its own tissue. So there's a, viruses can do it. Chronic viruses, Epstein-Barr virus. If you had mono, that's a really good indicator that you might be getting autoimmune down the road. So, so many different things, especially when you build them all up together, it's kind of a culmination. And that, and that's the difference between now and 40, 50 years ago, when my parents, they were both teachers, you know, there weren't, there wasn't this ADD, every kid has ADD and, and Literally, peanut yes. allergies and yeah. gluten allergies and, and, you know, half the kids were on the spectrum and all these things that, and, it, and they're going, oh, well, it's just better diagnosis. And it's like, no, that's not, that's not the whole story. You know, it's, it's just layer after layer after layer. Um, let me give you a, a quick, quick story here. There was, uh, there was a doctor, Dr. Pottinger, back in the 1950s, and if you Google him and look up uh, videos on Dr. Pottinger's cats, uh, he, he followed a lot of Dr. Weston Price, who was a dentist. He went around the world in the early 1900s looking at, at why people's teeth and jaws were getting out of balance. And hmm found a lot of it was, was dietary. And so wh whether it was in Asia or Africa or, or in, in Europe, back in this like little remote village or whatever, their mouths were perfectly shaped and formed. And then when, uh, you know, kind of the conventional food, when the standard, standard American diet, all these things would come into that area, the first thing that would happen, they would get cavities and, and all of that. And before, like if you if you read some reports of, of a white man first coming to America, you know, they said the Native Americans, their teeth were like ivory 
they were so white and you're like, well, they didn't have toothbrushes, but it was because they were eating the right thing. So uh, what he found first generation got, got cavities, second generation, their teeth started getting crooked, their jaw started narrowing. And then even third generation was a, a different facial structure. And so that's why so many of our kids nowadays have to wear braces. They have to have wisdom teeth pulled all these different things. So long story short, Dr. Pottinger followed uh, Dr. Price's research. And he, so he took these cats and uh, taking in stray cats. And then once people learned, they started dropping cats off left and right. <laughs> and, and so he put them into different groups all the way from like raw wild cat diet, all the way down to condensed canned milk, and then track them generation after generation. And the cats that had the best diet, they just stayed stayed like they were and had good reflexes and all this. Those that were fed the worst diet, the most processed diet, uh, their nasal passages started narrowing. And so just like, you know, how many of our kids nowadays have sinus issues and they can't breathe well? You know, there, there's this, have you heard of the duct tape? Thing? It's not duct tape, but they, uh, yeah. they put the tape on kids' mouths. <laughs> so that they yeah, it freaks me out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so uh, th that started happening. Um, their reflexes started getting worse. They started getting uh, a lot of chronic conditions and it got worse generation after generation after. So by like four or five generations in on these cats, they were like really, really sick and chronically ill. And that's where we are today mm -hmm. is that our parents and grandparents and great grandparents have been in this decline of health status for the last hundred years. But what gives me hope and I'll finish this story. What gives me hope is that Dr. Pottinger took those cats in the worst group, put them into the best diet group, and within a generation or two started reversing almost all of their health conditions. And so genetically inside of us, we still have that potential to be healthy. Oh, that gives me hope because it does, it actually can feel hopeless and a little like you just don't confusing and overwhelming and you don't know what to do because we have, you know, I mean, not a lot of people are farming and sourcing their own food. And so, wow. So talk to me about the, the connection between blood sugar and inflammation, because you always hear about inflammation and how that impacts our bodies in so many different ways. So what's that connection? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I would say that inflammation is a root cause of probably 90% of chronic health conditions. But what's the root cause of inflammation? And so people think about inflammation, they're like, oh, my elbow is inflamed and it's, it's tight and sore. Or uh, you know, my ankles, when I take off my socks, there's this ring, ring on there. And, and, or I'm taking off my wedding ring and it, it won't come off. They think about inflammation like that. But inflammation can be inside at the cellular level. Mm -hmm. uh, two markers that we run on all of our patients with blood work are C-reactive protein and homocysteine. Those are both really good inflammatory markers just to see uh, potential cardiovascular disease. You can look at potential Alzheimer's or dementia, brain inflammation. So some different, different things you can get from those markers. So uh, there are things you can look for in the, blood, in the blood work, but there's also just great indicators that people have inflammation. If you have an autoimmune disease, you've got inflammation in your body. If you've got any cardiovascular disease, 
any chronic digestion, any of those, there's 100% sure there's inflammation going on in the body. So what does blood sugar have to do with that? It's more of the spike, some of the dip, but more of the highs are going to drive that inflammatory process in the body. And so uh, that has to do with insulin. Again, insulin is great. It keeps us alive. If you don't have insulin, you'll die. And that's like a type one diabetic. Mm. They have to inject insulin externally. So if that insulin goes up, that's going to drive this inflammatory process in the body if it spikes up too high. And, and people, unfortunately, day in and day out, there was a stat I was just seeing. It's like for the average American, over 50% of the food they're eating is highly processed. Mm-hmm. So we're talking Wix, we're talking, you know, Captain Crunch cereal, mm-hmm. you know, just all these things. It's, there's no salad, there's no chicken, there's no, I mean, this is highly processed pizza pockets and, and whatever it is. I went, went to my uh, cousins, they live in East Texas a long time ago, and they were feeding their, their little, uh, little daughters, these pizza pocket things in, in the fry daddy. And my wife and I were just like, can these people turn into humans? Like <laughs> adult humans <laughs> like eating this? It's not even food. Um, and so, uh, you know, any, any of these highly processed things, but, but as we've learned over the years with continuous glucose monitors, even sweet potato can make your blood sugar spike up. My 18 year old son, my oldest, uh, we put a, a continuous glucose monitor on him. He was still eating like a growing teen, but he's not, not growing anymore. And rice is one of the worst things he can possibly eat. Rice pasta, he'll hit almost 200. I don't like it, over 110. Rice by itself, 160, 170. doesn't matter, brown rice, white rice, whatever. So, Wow. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And so those spikes are going to create more inflammation. As people start getting their blood sugar stabilized, this is one of the main reasons that with blood sugar work like we do, we see weight loss pretty quickly. Even in mm. the first uh, 30 days, a lot of people are down 5, 10, 15 pounds if their weight issues are related to that inflammation. Wow. So does rice and sweet potatoes and things like that, does that affect different people in different ways? Like, like if your son and I were eating a meal together and we both had our glucose monitors, if I ate white rice and he ate white rice, he spikes to 160. Is there a chance that I don't have that same response? Absolutely. And that's why we still have everybody use a continuous glucose monitor. Yeah. Not just because it's cool and you get a look on your phone or have it on your watch and it'll tell you where you're at. But because uh, if we had it all figured out in my blood sugar book, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but there's no menu, there's no diet, there's no, uh, no list of these are the best foods for you because I'd be lying. I, we have not given out a blood sugar diet in years. There is no such thing. We still have to figure it out each and every person. Uh, that, that Facebook support group we have, I, I put a question in there last month. It was like, hey, what are some of the things that surprised you the most? And there's over 400 people in there and just, you know, they, they've all been through CGM and just figured that. And I mean, it was just so fun to see these people that they're like, Holy cow, blueberries made me go up. I was shocked. And blueberries are supposed to be, you know, low glycemic and great for you. Right. That shocks me. So, okay. Would you agree that traditional Western medicine does not look at blood sugar and things like that to cure? I mean, I feel like Western medicine 
and what we've all grown up with and what we were like basically told to trust implicitly that that they just are putting a band-aid on the problem and this concerns me i think mostly for my children because you know once you have kids like that's that's what really takes over and so i don't want to put a a band-aid and i think i used to rush every time they were sick when i just didn't i didn't know better and right. they would put them on an antibiotic right away or they would whatever and listen i know that there's some cases that that is absolutely necessary but uh but what i guess like what should what should we do as normal people out here that don't have your education don't have your background what should we do in those situations where like here's the message from Western medicine doctors. And then here's like a functional medicine doc doctor that's looking at the whole picture. Like, how do we make sense of it? And what should, what should we do? Yeah. Th there's a couple basic thoughts that I want you to get out of this guys in, in the traditional medical model. And that's, you know, going to your GP, going to an endocrinologist, whatever it is, uh, they are, it's really a, this for that model. And so that means if you have this symptom or if you have uh, this thing in your blood work, you take that medication um, or we have to do a surgery, you know, that kind of last stage, whatever it is, you, this for that. And, and that model, sure, it, it works somewhat for symptoms or if your kid has a, a, a strep throat and they put them on antibiotic, okay, that's going to take care of that. But that's not fixing the why. And so in our model, what we do at F8 and in, in the traditional true form of functional medicine, it's a fix what you find model. Mm -hmm. So instead of just giving somebody an antibiotic for strep throat, which, you know, maybe it's bad enough and you do need it that one time, but you sure as heck better go back and fix the why mm -hmm. that somebody keeps getting strep throat. I had a lady a couple of years ago, she had strep throat 11 times in one calendar year. Yeah. And you're like, Okay, well, what, what and that, that was a grown woman, that wasn't just a kid. And it's like, okay, well, obviously, that's not a lack of antibiotic. Mm. That, that's not, that's not what, what the cause is. And so that's where we've got to get in depth and, and go deeper. And so when we're talking about blood sugar, a traditional GP, you go and get your annual test or whatever, they're just looking at blood sugar numbers to rule out, make sure you are not diabetic. Mm. That's it. That's mm. the only thing they're looking for. Even if you're pre-diabetic, a lot of times they won't even say anything about it. Or if they do, they'll kind of slough it off like, eh, you know what? Uh, looks like you're creeping into that pre-diabetes range. Eat better, lose weight. Mm. And you're like, oh, well, thanks for that <laughs> world-class advice there. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so here's what we do. A couple specific things. And so write these down, guys, if you, got, if you have a piece of paper. Um, it's best to do your blood work non-fasting. Oh, so really? Really? You're kidding. Yeah. I've never and, and, heard that before in my life. No, because all they're worried about is cholesterol. And sure, cholesterol, to get like a true reading of cholesterol, you want to do that fasting. But, but we don't really care. You know, cholesterol, that's not a great indicator of potential cardiovascular disease, any of these things. So you want to do blood work non-fasting and see what's happening in real time. Because think about this. The number of people, when we're when, like insulin resistance, the number of people that you could actually catch insulin resistance in in their blood work, if they've been fasting for 12 hours, is very low. 
compared to the number of people that actually have insulin resistance. Dude, this makes perfect sense. I've literally never thought about that ever. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So insulin resistance, just like we were talking about, that receptor isn't responding to insulin. It's all gummed up. Insulin's yeah. going up. But over 12 hours, you know, the body's going to bring it down, unless it's like really bad. If you're that top 5% worse insulin resistant person out there. But if you test insulin non-fasting, which is real world, which is how we want to see mm -hmm. what's going on throughout that day, highs and lows and all these things. If you test insulin non-fasting, we'll see people, the lab range is, is uh, like five to 25. I don't like it over about 12. And that's based off of Dr. Perlmutter. He wrote, uh, he's a neurologist, wrote Drain Brain. Um, Dr. Bredesen, he wrote in Alzheimer's. A lot, a lot of great docs out there. 10 to 12 is kind of that max on insulin. 25 for the lab range. And we'll see people, teenagers, 60s, 80s, 100, 140 crazy high numbers that if we would have done that blood work fasting, you would not have seen it. Mm. Wow. So insulin resistance is everywhere. And unfortunately, it's hidden. Most doctors aren't even running insulin, but if they do, they're running it fasting. So that's one thing to look at. Hemoglobin A1C. Have you heard that, I that have. marker before? Mm -hmm. That's the average of the last three months of your blood sugar. It's the, the traditional marker for type 2 diabetes. And, and if somebody's got diabetes, they're, they're going to be able to tell you what their A1C was because their doctor gave them a hard time about it last time. So A1C is the average of the last three months, but it's not just a marker for diabetes. It's the average. So think about this. Uh, what part of Texas are you in? In Fort Worth. In Fort Worth. Um, yes, we, we lived over in, in Valley Ranch when I was in, in school down there. Oh, I um, love it. And so let, let's say you're, you're driving over to Lubbock and, and Lubbock is uh, 180 miles away. I don't mm -hmm. know how far it is, but let's say it's 180 miles and it takes you three hours to get there. How fast did you, did you drive? 60 miles an hour. Well, that was the average, right? Mm. You know, that nobody drives 60 in Texas. Right, no. So, I certainly but, don't. <laughs> but, you, but you stopped at Bucky's twice to go to the bathroom and to get some jerky. Yeah. So so you stopped twice, but you were going 90 like everybody else on the on the highway right. in Texas. But your average was 60 miles an hour. And so that's what we see with A1C. So a lot of our patients come in and their A1C is okay. Mm. But they're swinging from 160, 170 down to 65, 70, 72 all day long, 100 point swings where I'd like an 85 to 110, nice and consistent all day long. So again, if you're looking at that, I've had, I've had uh, doctors, <laughs> they, their patient, my patient goes and sees them and says, oh, this, this crazy guy's having me check my blood sugar and do all these things. And A1C is like, 5.4, which is not even pre-diabetic. Mm. And so they'll write, write a note back and go, um, A1C of 5.7 is pre-diabetes. And it, like they're, they're teaching me what A1C ranges are. I'm like, I, I know what the ranges are. <laughs> and yet to them, that, but that's, that's what they're thinking is like, the only thing I'm concerned about is, is it pre-diabetes? But actually what's worse for you is the swings. I would rather you be pre-diabetic and it's steady wow. all day long than you not pre-diabetic, but you're swinging 80 points every day. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> I am curious about semaglutide and that injection that 
that people are talking about that, that balances out blood sugar, right? Because it was like originally created for diabetes patients and then, yeah. and it balances out blood sugar. So talk to me about that. Are you, are you for it? Are you against it? Do you think it's dangerous? Do you think? So, uh, blood sugar, this is nothing new. Blood sugar meds have been around for a long time. Glucophage was one of the first one that kind of evolved into metformin, mm. um, which a lot of people have gut gut issues with. And now you've got the Ozempec, the Monjuro. Mm. I always want to say that one like with a little French accent. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, was it Wagovi? You know, that, a bunch of these different ones, these new ones that Elon Musk is taking, and all these you know celebrities. And would they have a run on on one of them? Like they, they couldn't get it for their diabetic patients because all these people were doing it off label. So the FDA approved these for diabetics um, mm -hmm. and they are blood sugar reducing supplement or it's a medication. So th their job is to lower the, the blood sugar level. Mm -hmm. And, and in doing so people are, are losing some weight and they're hopeful to, to lose weight. Some people aren't um, and some people lose weight, but then they stop taking it and they gain it right back. Mm -hmm. So here's the deal. None of that is going to fix mm -hmm. anything. And that's what I'm, I'm all about. Yeah. If I'm energy into something i want to fix it um remember the uh hcg diet oh yeah remember? i do absolutely you know people did that oh yeah the, the pregnancy hormone and uh -huh. so people they would do this injection of hcg eat like 500 calories a day and eight weeks later they would lose 60 pounds and like oh my gosh this is a miracle and then they'd go back and eating and it would like rebound and even right. even go higher <laughs> yeah like, mm, I, I don't think that fixed anything <laughs> so you know it's it's great and go go all the way back my mom you know i remember her doing a grapefruit diet and a mm -hmm. cabbage diet and mm -hmm. you know there, there's been things like this for for years and and this latest and greatest medication it's not fixing your insulin receptor and now it's all healed up and you're going to be able to to handle whatever you want to eat again so as long as somebody's taking that if they're seeing improvement it might last and they might might be okay for a while. But long term, one, are you gonna be on the medication the rest of your life? Mm -hmm. For me, I don't I don't wanna be on, on a medication forever. That's right. not, not my goal. Um, the number two, uh, you know, what's gonna happen when you go off of that medication? Mm -hmm. you know, did you change any of your underlying issues? Did you right. fix your liver? You know, you might have fatty liver. Did you fix your leaky gut? Did you fix your inflammatory processes, your Hashimoto's, all these different things? And then number three, did you change your diet? Is what you're putting in your mouth, what you're drinking, eating, are those things improved? Or did you just kind of keep doing what you do and take a drug and like, oh, now it's the magic. I mean, this is, everybody thinks this is like the miracle, right? You know, right. The, the magic pill. Like, okay. I want to take a drug. Give me the magic pill yeah. and, and I can lose weight. Yeah. Like, it's sure, instant gratification, <laughs> which is exactly what everybody wants. Yeah. But no, you're exactly right. Like it doesn't heal the source of the issue, the root cause. And that's, yeah, it makes complete sense to me. So like, what would you say? Like, as we kind of start to wrap up here, if, if, somebody is listening and they're like, okay, I, I want to start balancing out my blood sugar. I want to like, I, I want to start addressing this and, and, you know, seeing if I can feel a difference or whatever. Um, what are, what are some things that people can start doing on their own at home 
to start seeing some positive results and stop, like maybe reduce their anxiety, reduce their hot flashes. Like I was reading, I was uh, watching one of your videos on menopause and, and talking about how really it's adrenal fatigue causing the symptoms of menopause and all that, you know, so I know that there's, there's women of all ranges and ages and, and everything that, that have issues they want to address acne. I mean, acne is like a huge indicator of something Hormones. going on inside yep. of you. Right. And so what should we do? What should I do as a, as just a normal girl in Fort Worth, Texas, wanting to be better, be healthier for my family, help my children be healthier. Talk to me. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one of the, the cheapest and easiest ways to do is uh, you can get a finger prick glucose monitor. And, and just by doing that, we did that for probably five, six years before we ever even got a continuous glucose monitor. And every one of our new patients did it. And they mm -hmm. poked their finger multiple times a day, 45 to 60 minutes after a meal, you check that and you're like, holy cow, I didn't realize that that was going to go up like it did. And then you could do two, three hours later and see, oh my gosh, I, I crashed down. You start seeing that that swing throughout there. Uh, so if you can't get a hold of a continuous glucose monitor, they're prescription only. You have to work with uh, work with some specific groups to be able to do that. Uh, but if you can't do that, then you just start with the fingerprint glucose monitor. If you just want some general ideas, uh, here, here would be the simple one um, that would stabilize almost everybody's blood sugar, at least the spikes and, and probably the lows, would be more of like an AIP diet, right? Autoimmune paleo diet, if you've read mm. about those, which is going to be uh, no, no breads, no pastas, no rices, no gluten-free grains, uh, no, no corn, no soy, uh, no nuts and seeds, no beans. You know? And if you just ate protein, vegetables, and good fats every single day, 99% of the time, your blood sugar is going to be pretty nice and steady. Hmm. That's not realistic for everybody. Mm -hmm. So uh, what you do then is you get a few meals that you know keep your blood sugar steady. So let's say you've got your chicken and broccoli and avocado. That's going to be a pretty, pretty steady meal. And then you add in some sweet potatoes. If you know that it's going to do 100 and 108, 112, whatever it is, just by itself, and then you eat sweet potato and it goes up to 136, okay? It was either too much or uh, of the sweet potato or just sweet potato in general is going to make it. But then you go, I'm going to add in butternut squash, mm, 114. Okay, so it was only a couple points better. I can have a little bit of variety, a little bit of, of uh, carbohydrate there, and, and I can stay steady in that one. Okay, then you can start adding, trying your fruit and you see which fruits are going to be better. Um, and then you go, okay, well, what if I do a little bit of almond butter with that apple? Does that slow it down? So it's a trial and error process. And, and that's how you truly figure out what you need to do with the blood sugar. If you're, if you're like, well, just give me the magic diet, proteins, veggies, good fats, and, and that's pretty much it. Mm -hmm. So you, yeah. know, you, can, you can do it either way there. Wow. So, so the best tip would be just start, you know, get, get a, a finger prick and then start monitoring 45 to 60 minutes after a meal. And then two to three hours later to see kind of where, where your ranges are. Yep, I mean, that's exactly, yeah, that's doable. And for somebody with, with an autoimmune disease and they're, you know, they want to take a they want to take a more holistic functional medicine approach and not just keep taking the medication 
And I do find it interesting that a lot of people with autoimmune diseases don't just have one, they have multiple, right? Do you see that too? Or is that just me? Absolutely. On on our social media channels, I'll be talking about autoimmune and I'll be like, hey guys, uh, put down below what autoimmune condition you're dealing with, or you probably have multiple. And you'd be amazed how many people go Hashimoto's, lupus, and then they'll say, Say fibromyalgia or whatever and, and it's like well fibromyalgia is not autoimmune but they've been diagnosed that because they're inflamed and they're in pain and they hurt i i say you know, when we start thinking about blood sugar and this is you know, it's it's a part of what we do we we look at the whole body but blood sugar is absolutely a foundational piece i always say that 90 percent of chronic health conditions could be reversed or or prevented if everybody would stabilize their blood sugar 85 to 110, instead of the government giving out COVID tests and giving out masks and 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 paying you know paying people to uh, to you know do all these all these crazy things, if they would give out continuous glucose monitors to everybody in this country, you know we're talking trillion dollar industries here for the sick care model would would drop so dramatically very very quickly. But there's no money in that. it takes the money away from the pharmaceutical industries and it's become this machine you know and i do find it fascinating that the united states and new zealand i think are the only two places that are allowed to advertise on commercials uh pharmaceutical companies for for pharmaceutical drugs yeah yeah and that like that pharmaceutical companies are sponsoring the nightly news channels and sponsoring all this stuff and i'm like guys there's there's a web here and in, in, in the, the money that people are making off of this, I'm not saying that they're all bad people, but the money that they're making off of it means that they're not anxious to solve the problem. Yeah. They're they're They kind of like monitoring and, and fixing the symptoms with their medications that people have to spend money on. And sure. so if I somebody just, could be on, on let's say metformin this diabetes drug because you know the female gets put on at 20 because of pcos polycystic ovarian syndrome which is insulin resistance and blood sugar and the medical model knows that but they give them metformin like well you're probably gonna have to take this for the next 60 years i mean that that's great great retention of of uh, customers and okay so i was put on metformin ben I, when my husband and I got married and we were ready to start having babies, I was having a hard time, um, getting pregnant. And so I went to see the doctor and they did a scan and they told me that I did have PCOS and they put me on metformin. Yeah. Why? Do you ever wonder why? (laughs) Well, I didn't at the time because I wasn't smart enough, like back then, you know, to like ask the questions, but now I do all the time. And I always watch your videos on metformin and I'm so fascinated by it. So they put me on it because why? Because your body was uh, insulin resistant, and what that does is it drives the ovaries to produce more androgens, which are your masculine hormones. Uh, DHEA, testosterone were higher in you than they were supposed to be. And so what that does is that uh, creates these cysts on the ovaries, PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, makes it harder to get pregnant, but women can start getting chin hairs. I know. I was about Uh, to say, is that why my voice got deeper and I grew a mustache? (laughs) (laughs) You know, the women can even even get to this, um, you know, receding hairline. 
it, it really so high. I'm thinking, wow. Oh, it, it, it's intense. And, and so then in the, in the traditional medical model, they know there's a blood sugar component to it because they gave you metformin. Metformin is a diabetes drug. Why in the world would they give a 18, 25, 28 year old female that's not diabetic? Why in the world would they give them a diabetic drug? Because they know there's a blood sugar component to it, but they don't have any other fixes. So they just give them this blood sugar drug that's going to squash that, that blood sugar down. And a lot of people have symptoms and side effects from metformin. And, and then they go, okay, well, that, there you go. Now, now you're going to be able to go have a baby. And, and yet you never fix the problem. And so you, were, you weren't just high blood sugar, you were crashing. And so you were getting that random anxiety. And then it was creating this inflammation. And then if literally that path that you were on, if you would not have changed and continue to change what you're, you, you are currently, you would get autoimmune if you don't already. You would get you know, other conditions. Guaranteed there was other things coming down the pike. That doesn't just outgrow. You don't just, oh, good, now I'm, I'm over this. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I got off it. As soon as I found out I was pregnant, I got off it and then never had an issue ever again um, and had a second baby and everything was fine. But wow, that is so fascinating man. I mean, I know we could talk for hours and hours and hours about this. Um, I'm so glad that we attacked blood sugar today. And I would love to have you back on because as, as we, you know, as I start to like do deep dives into other topics and talk to other women about other topics, I, you, you are just, you are such a wealth of knowledge and I cannot thank you enough for all of your wisdom and your time today and just pouring into me and all of my friends so that we can all learn from you. So, uh, uh, you know, your, your current following on TikTok, he's kind of a TikTok superstar. Uh, your current <laughs> following is 167,000 followers on TikTok because he does these amazing little bite-sized videos that teach you so much about your health. And I, you can get sucked down the rabbit hole and it's pretty amazing. I'm not going to lie. So TikTok, why don't, can you tell us like where we can find you, where we can buy your book? If, if we want to, you know, come to one of your centers and all that, like what's the best way yeah, to find so, you? Yeah. So TikTok, uh, we've got, we've got those followers on there. Facebook, um, it's F8, uh, F8 Well Centers. And we've got uh, on all of our Facebook channels, we're over over 110,000 on, on those Instagram. I don't know. Instagram doesn't like me as much as some of the other ones, but, uh, that's but right. We're, You're we're, killing we're, it in other places. Don't worry we're, about Instagram. We're growing. We, you can see us on Instagram. We've got a lot of the same content on there on YouTube. We have over 700 videos. Uh, and I've been, been doing and recording this videos for a year, everything from autoimmune to blood sugar, to adrenals, to COVID, to immune system, all types of different things. So, uh, you can, you could spend days watching watching on YouTube, um, and then I I go live a lot on these as well. So this morning before getting on with you, I was on for about an hour, and uh, we were just doing live Q and A and just questions of of any kind on there. Our website is F eight Well Centers, just like this F eight Well Centers and tons of information on there. And we send out weekly emails. We just it's. Uh, it's all about you know, just getting that that information out. My parents were teachers. My grandparents were teachers. I think it's just kind of in, in my blood to, yeah, to educate. Yeah, you're an educator. And, 
Yeah, and it, it really is my mission to get people to where this is the starting place. Mm. To go through this type of a process, this is our starting point. It's not go through and get scoped and scanned and take drugs and cut out part of your intestines and, and do all these, uh, these drugs and surgeries and all these different things. And then, which is kind of where we get a lot of people now, is they've already failed in the traditional medical model and so then they come to us and they drive over here from oklahoma or come down from canada or whatever they're doing instead i want this to be the starting place if we can't get it okay then we'll go to that specialist and, and go down that path but start here save time save money save pain and and heartache and so many people have come in and they're lacking hope because they've been to every specialist and now they're starting to tell them maybe it's in your head you know, maybe we'll put you on an antidepressant. Maybe maybe that'll fix your pain or your digestion. Or they've got gastroparesis and they're throwing up every day, literally for years. And they just put them on Zofran and give them this drug to not uh, throw up every day. And it's like, I don't think it's the lack of Zofran. There are physiological reasons why you're throwing up every day or whatever health condition it is. So you know, if any of you guys out there need help, need support, uh, I, I still practice. I've got uh, half a dozen F8 doctors around the country uh, in office or remote, doesn't matter. We can see you and, and truly your, your life can change. And that's the big thing. Whether you, whether you work with us or anybody else, you've got to keep up that hope. You've got to keep that, that fight alive and just know that, that you are, are not just one drug away, one surgery away from getting fixed. Those things will never fix you. It's not a top down, you know, put more, put more in. It's an inside out. God created us in a way that our bodies can function vitally, can function with this, this great amount of intelligence. How does how did both of our arms know to to go to that exact same same length? I just uh, if you oh. saw this, I just uh, got my finger caught in the door and, and took off the tip of it. They sewed it back on and it's going to grow oh. back on. How does how does the body know know to do those things? You know, it's this innate intelligence inside of us. And that's what each and every one of you have is that ability to truly, truly heal inside of you. And, and I just encourage you, keep fighting, keep going, never give up because there is hope for you to have that life that you dream of. Oh, I just, I love your heart so much because you are helping and impacting so many lives through your education and through your reach and your vast knowledge, but it is, it really truly is impacting so many people's lives. And me being on this journey, I am a normal person with no medical background of any kind. So it can feel overwhelming for the normal person. But what I love about Ben's pages and Ben's resources is that they are so approachable. They're so digestible, like each little bit of knowledge, each little video, you know, and everything is just so concise and organized that you can, you can go and research one topic, one, he's got tons of videos on Hashimoto's. He's got tons of videos on PCOS, right? So it's like, you can go and choose the topic that you want to dive into and take it one at a time. You know, Rome was not built in a day. You're not going to figure everything out, but like, he's there to help walk you through every step of the process. So I promise you will not be disappointed. Go follow him on every platform you can, and you will learn so much. And Ben, you're just, you, you literally made my day. You blessed me beyond belief. And I learned so much. Thank you so much. 
Absolutely. Uh, yeah. That, again, thank you for for having me on. And and this is this is my life mission to to get the the message out there and 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 empower people to truly get their lives back. So if you guys need help at all, reach out. But otherwise, you know, just keep educating, keep listening, and and one baby step in a row. So next time, Rachel, when you go in the in the bathroom and you're working on you know makeup or whatever it is, you know, when that one runs out, you know, look at it and go, can I get something? less toxic, healthier, less chemicals, whatever. And you just, it, you just take it piece by piece by piece. And all of a sudden you, you've changed your life and you're living a much healthier life. Mm, I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it so much. And uh, yes, I hope to talk to you again very soon. Absolutely. All right. Take care. Thank you. Bye. If this episode resonated with you today, please share it with at least two people you think would love it too. Keep up with the show at The Rachel Roth Show on Instagram and TikTok and keep up with me at Rachel underscore R underscore Roth on Instagram and TikTok. Don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I know it sounds silly, but it really does make a huge difference and it allows this content to get in front of more people. I can't wait to see you again.